Welcome to the Melomancy Podcast, where we're a big spender on collectible socks. I do have quite the collection. I, I'm just starting. I'm, I'm fairly new to the game. So, dear listeners, uh, it's been a while, again, but this time, not because of tragedy, uh, we have scheduling problems. I like to think of us as scheduling challenged. What do you think, Vic? Sleep is a really hard thing to encounter sometimes, and yeah, so. So today we have, you know, me, Dylan, and we have Victim. Uh, We don't have Sarge today. Uh, It's not Sarge's fault, really. I mean, he's on normal people's schedule because he's got, you know, daytime obligations, and it's like 8 p.m. Pacific time right now, and he lives in Oklahoma, so he's probably already sleeping or thinking about sleeping real fucking soon. So... I tried to wake up earlier, but I don't know if it would have helped because I think he might be away from home as well because he's got all kinds of stuff going on in real life that are not tragedy related, but are, you know, job and family obligations related. So we wanted to do an episode on politics and I wanted to record an episode today anyway because it's been a while for you guys and I felt bad. So uh, we're not going to talk about politics today as much as you may love to hear it. I enjoy talking about politics because I like political science, and I took classes in it, but like the election is coming up, and the election's really toxic, so I just want to get it out of the way. But hopefully we'll have that recorded before the election actually happens, or else you're probably not going to want to hear it, and we might not do it. Or we might do like a, you know, election review sort of perspective video based on the outcome of the election. I don't know. That could, it could be, be nice. fun. But politics are fun on a theory level for me. I don't really care for the basic shit so let's talk about some video games (laughs) video games are fun video games are fun so um we have previously in another episode what's the word recommended uh yeah recommended hero craft and we well it's not that we received info on this it's kind of like out there now that they're wiping the map and starting fresh which means it's the best time to get into HeroCraft because there's the fewest people online. Because people like us that built a bunch of shit and don't have enough time to finish it are just not playing. But we're going to be back. I think we have enough time that we could probably finish it, but it's like, at what, at what cost? Do we finish it before the map's saved? Do we, you know, like... Do we just remember it, count our losses, and move on? Because, like, we, we were building in a theme park, Victim. Like, yeah. no one's going to see it. <laughs> That's okay. Like, maybe Haxon could finish his castle, so, I don't know, we could take an overhead map view of the town and, and like, show it to everyone. Like, this is what Drasticos look like. Dude, I don't even know what we're going to name our next town. I don't want to call it New Earth, because I'm still trying to, like, pressure Zizo into making a dungeon themed after New Earth, so we could just live forever. That'd and be nice. we won't have to keep rebuilding it to the standards of old. Well, I guess if we're to talk Mapway, I've been low-key trying... Well, I'm not necessarily low-key. I'm not, like, trying to trick Kanzo. But I've been in talks with Kanzo about lore, and I've actually been trying to give him the idea. Because I think that it'd be cool if it was more of an offensive rather than a defensive uh, story towards why we swap maps again. For anyone who doesn't know, pretty much every time that the, the map wipes on this game, it's about the the godly figures taking the player base uh, or the heroes in this general or in this general uh, explanation and moving them somewhere to avoid a calamity of some sort 
but I think that it'd be really cool if instead of avoiding a calamity, we're fucking going headfirst into one, you know, spearheading a, an assault on the demons, the, the forgotten, the whatever we end up fighting. And I threw the idea at him, and he hasn't really gotten back to me because he's, appar- he's apparently out of, out of state for a job interview or something mm-hmm. like that. So. And for the other people who don't know, both HeroCraft players and not, there is lore. Some people don't know that. They've made lore for this server, um, trying to make it a real MMO experience. But um, no one, a lot, not a lot of people know about it, know where to read it, uh, but it is there. And I, you just kind of skim the details, Victim, but it's kind of funny how the lore kind of plays out. Like, every time the map wipes, yeah, it's like we're running from something, but it's a different thing every time, which at this point is just getting ridiculous. Yeah, it's to a point that we have a lot, and I mean a lot, of bad guys that we could toss in, and a lot of subgroups of those bad guys as well. And so, like, that's my hope, is that if Kanzo, like, gives me the go-ahead, if he brings me on as, like, some sort of, like, event manager or something, so that I can mold this. Like, I want, I kind of want him to, like, give me, di- like, directorial uh, privilege. I, I think that... You know, if you were to come to me tomorrow and be like, Victim, look, I want you to be an admin so that we can actually set this up and have a bunch of shit go down, I'd be like, fuck yeah, sure, I'll do it. I think I'm at the point where I love playing Eurocraft, but I think I would like to mold the server as well. But I highly doubt he'd ever do that because I don't have any previous mod experience within Eurocraft, of course. Well, hey man, you've put in like, what, two different threads to be a moderator i mean that's basically mod experience right there they've promoted for less right yeah i mean i mean look at melomancy i don't know how many times i've i've had to like use my mod powers in melomancy albeit very different from the way a server is handled but i think i do i definitely have the management skills and it's not even really what i'd want admin for just to to do things on the server and to provide some fun and some interact like interaction you know Oh, absolutely. I mean, Melomancy is a community, but so is Herocraft in a way, but Herocraft encourages frag- fragmentation with the township system. Like, you don't have to get along with other towns, but, you know, in Melomancy, if you're just a dick to everyone, we'll probably kick you. Yeah, exactly. Because we're not uh, a server that has towns and all this other shit. No, we're, we're a group of people doing whatever. Like, we're, we're like meta compared to that, which is roleplay. So... We're all meta all the time in our Discord. You know, we're talking about the games we're playing. We go do the thing. So we have to get along because we're not enemies ever. Because it's like a clan. And I think that's pretty much why Rana Kings fell so short for us. And we couldn't find a server that was either A, willing to hold such a large majority of us. Um, Nobody wanted a group of like 10, 20 people to just show up and dominate their server. And if we found a good server, they were a roleplay server, and not the good kind of roleplay, the cringy-ass, shitty 13-year-old kind of roleplay. And, you know, so we ended up having to fragment, we're like, alright, we're gonna make groups, and we're gonna fight each other. And all that ended up being is Tret basically verbally throat-punching some people, and them, too, getting salty back at us for doing stuff and we had rules that we weren't fully clearly defined because we weren't really trying to make rules it's such a shitty situation which is not what we're about so it's not the same as playing a shooting game on opposite teams like it's not yeah especially too much it's too much like minecraft there's too much grinding there's too much at stake to lose when you're defeated 
And I, well, I think that's, that's, that's the big you. problem with us fragmenting. Although I think that we could fragment. I just think that we would want to skip the idea of going to war with each other. Like, for the most part, we can survive a game of Age of Empires. I mean, sometimes we it's we, I've been proven wrong, but, you know. RTS games, we can generally have a competitive match, and then everything's cool afterwards. Nobody's upset. That's Not nice. to name so any names. Uh, we, we definitely have some happen. people who are a, a, a lot less... Uh, and, you know, I think I can actually say that with, with some confidence that these people, while we won't name names, can at least agree that some people that would could be considered level-headed and some that may be considered explosive, we've still had both people on sides of the spectrum get angry at a game of Age of Empires, you know, while on other times have not. Even I've got angry at a game of Age of Empires because you guys were, like, playing all the time, and then I don't. And then you bring me in for a competitive match, and then I get face-rolled, and I'm just like, I can't get better because I get face-rolled every match. Like, I don't know how to improve. Fighting the AI only teaches me how to fight the AI, you know? I I didn't have anyone on my skill level to just, like, fight over and over to get good. Because you guys have passed me so much. And then the last game of Age of Empires I played, which I admit was months ago, it was embarrassing. Like, it was 2v2v2. You know, all Melomancers, right? Uh, I think you're in this one. Two of the teams, like, they start fighting pretty early. I get left alone because the way the map's set up is my, my base is pretty close to one of the other teams that ended up leaving home to fight a war. But we built, like, hella walls on our little walkway between our towns. And then I was the Destiny was on my team, and she was on the other side. And she had a lot more breathing room between her base and the other team, which was a different team than the guy I was next to. So what happens is the other two teams go to war, and then we break down the wall on my side to go to... that I walled off with no gate just to fuck with them, right? And we just marched through their base backwards, destroying everything in our path to get to the other two players, defeating them. Because you guys had, like, wiped each other out, like, wonders were built, and it was just wild. And we ended up winning, and I didn't expect it at all. It's almost like you, you wiped out each other. I don't know how that happened, but... Actually, was I in that game? I'm trying to think if I was. I think you're on Tret's team. I think you and Tret were on a team. Or you and V-Dog were on a team. It was one of the two. No, I think I wasn't in that game. Oh, wait, no, I was in that game. Yeah, um, yeah, no, yeah, I think me and Tret were on a team, and that was the game that... Well, I think we should probably avoid naming, because I think people might get a little angry at... There was six people in this game. One of them got upset. We won't say who, yeah. but that was kind of the most recent example of the thing we were just talking about. Yeah, someone got a little angry, and then like the next day they had tried to use an argument along the same vein, and we're like, but what about the game we just played? Like, You're kind of being a giant hypocrite right now. And uh, yeah, so... It happens. It's whatever. Like, I don't know. Um... That's what I like about Dawn of War better than Age of Empires is because Dawn of War is always peaceful because you're either really good and, you know, you know exactly why you lost when you lose because there's just more control or are so new to the game that you don't mind losing because it's like, well, I'm new. I'm not I'm not I have nothing to prove. It feels a lot more like uh, Command and Conquer. Yes. And that's what I liked about Command and Conquer and Dawn of War is like I felt more responsible for my loss. For Age of Empires, I, I feel totally out of control. And that, that's what makes me upset, and I think that makes other people upset, too. Yeah. I just, they just don't talk about it that way. I think Age of Empires has the big flaw that 
Well, unless you're playing, like, complete meta, because I've seen some people, like, that are, like, mid-game Castle Age is, like, pretty much where everything goes down. If you hit Imperial Age, like, it's because there's been a big stalemate. And it's just, like, I don't think any of us in Melomancy really like playing it that way. We all are kind of, like, well, yes, we fight in Castle Age, but it's, like, incursions. Like, we, we hit you with a wave of soldiers and nothing happens. We kind of go back to, like, upgrade mode before we hit you again. Even some of us are more towards the defensive idea that they won't even hit you until Imperial Age. And that's usually worked out poorly for them because, you know, waiting to the Imperial Age is bad because, well, you've let them build and they are probably ready for you. Yeah. You know, on that on the topic of RTSs and Melomancy, this is actually reminding me of, like, Stronghold, an old as fuck, or another old I remember, as fuck game. I remember that game, yeah. Couldn't you build walls and then, like, if you wanted to, you could build staircases to get your men up onto them so they're, like, legitimate walls? Oh, yeah. Like, the focus of that game was walls. And one thing I liked the most about that game, it was isometric a lot and two-dimensional a lot like Age of Empires, but you could rotate the camera. I was thinking that might there, be a fun game to get yeah. into. There's an HD version of it that we can get. I bet it would run better on my computer than Age of Empires would. Which, oh, for the audience at home that doesn't know, I'm full-time Linux now. I got rid of Windows for reasons. Now, I could probably explain, actually. So, I got my copy of Windows 8 from DreamSpark, which is a thing Microsoft provides for students. Like, if you got a .edu address, you can sign up. It's free. If your school pays them some amount of money that is unknown to me, you get access to a lot more products when you sign up with your account your email with the school, but they have to provide a list or something like that. So the IT students would usually get this and they would have fewer licenses, but that's not the point. The point is is that these products are mine for life. However, they're buggy as fuck, right? So I had Windows 8, a Windows 8 key from DreamSpark, which I recently reinstalled in the virtual machine. I know that key still works, right? So when it was installed on my computer, I upgraded to 8.1 because 8.1 is better in every way. I didn't get Windows 10 because I don't like Windows 10 for reasons that are I shouldn't I don't feel I need to explain because it's so bad. Oh god! Um, Let, remind me about Windows 10 here soon. Yeah, aren't you already on Windows 10? Yeah. Oh god! <sighs> Rip. I'll explain my discontent with Windows 10 in a little bit. Okay, so I I had Windows 8.1 installed, but um after a couple months of using it, Windows updates stopped working couldn't figure out why or how to fix it and so i always had a message in the bottom right corner saying hey you have updates they never installed so i went a year without installing a windows update i was too scared to update i was like there's gonna be so many updates it's gonna take like a day it was just absurd and who knows how many security breaches i'm open to and i was just kind of like i don't know cruising along on borrowed time it felt like so i saved myself some trouble and i started dual booting dual booting ubuntu and windows 8 but Ubuntu didn't release their long-term support version yet. It was still like 15.10 or whatever. 16.04 is out now. In fact, the, the version afterwards, 16.11 is out. But 16.4 is a long-term support version where for three more years, they'll have security updates. So I don't actually have to switch. Uh, I don't have to reinstall everything until that happens or I, for whatever feature-related reasons I want to upgrade to an intermediate version because that's just how the release cycle goes because if... Every version of Ubuntu only lasted six months of updates. No one would like it. Like, no one would use it for business reasons, you know? So that's why they do that. I decided I was tired of the sketchiness with not being able to update 
Windows 8, and so I went full Linux. I regret nothing. I actually, my first computer I ever had, had Ubuntu 9.10 on it. No, 9.04. It was 9.04. It was a little tiny netbook that I bought in 2009. I mean, I had used Windows Millennium Edition in high school and XP, because they eventually upgraded to XP. I've never heard Windows Millennium Edition used to describe what I assume is uh, Windows 2000. No, those are two different things. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I never know. It's basically Windows 2001, uh, but oh. it's it's fucking retarded, dude. Like, no, no, it's it's like Windows 99. I think Windows 2000 came after Windows Millennium. I I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> but they're both shit. Like, it's so bad. Like XP was like above and beyond them. And towards the end of my high school career, all the computers had XP, which was nice. Of course, Windows 7 was already out at this time. This is public school, right? So Windows 7's <laughs> already been a thing for a while. And this netbook I bought in 2009 with some money I got for my first job, which was like a busser at a restaurant, which was not a restaurant. It was more like a, a lodge for rich, old, racist white people. It's called the Elks. <laughs> I, uh, I worked weekends bussing tables, and I eventually scrounged up enough pennies to go buy a $300 netbook, one of the biggest purchases I had ever made with my own money, which seems so minor to me now i just bought a graphics card for like 550 like the other day but you know from back then that was big for me so <laughs> i bought this thing it was an asus uh eee pc like three e's and it came with a version of windows called windows 7 starter victim have you ever heard of windows 7 starter oh have i oh lord like you can't even change the background <laughs> It's called Windows 7 Starter because they expect you to get used to it and then buy the full version. Yep. I hated that. that. That's how I got into Windows 7, actually. With the Starter, and I'm sitting there and like, nothing fucking works the way I want it. And I had some, some friends at the time that were a lot more computer savvy. And they're like, well, why aren't you running Ultimate? I'm like, well, what the fuck's Ultimate? Like, I, I knew about Home Edition and I don't know if they called it Enterprise Edition or whatever it was, but like the the business mm-hmm. version, basically. I'm like, I know about these it. two. What the fuck's Ultimate? And they're like, oh, well, here, we got you a key. Just install it and use this. And I'm like, okay. And that's the first time I found out about, uh, what's it, the authentication error stuff when you steal a copy of Windows. Although, right. to, to any legal reasons, I did not know it was stolen at the time, and I then bought my own copy of Windows 7. I know people are going to call me stupid for that, but it's a lot easier to deal with a uh, bought copy of <laughs> Windows than it is to deal with a stolen one. Oh, I bet. But you know what's funny is that when Windows detects that you've stolen a copy and it like wipes your background to black and stuff like that and yeah. kind of gimps your functionality, it's a net gain of functionality over Windows Starter. Exactly. Why? Why did they do this? This was such a bad idea. Well, I'm glad this they didn't do it. probably Steve Ballmer's idea. Yeah, really. I'm just glad that they didn't do it for... Well, at least to my knowledge, they didn't do it with the subsequent versions. No, they didn't. That, that was the last time you ever saw Windows 7 Starter. It was also when the netbook craze was really taken off, and Windows 8 wasn't a thing yet, so they needed a very, very small, lightweight version of Windows to put on it. So they put Windows 7 Starter on those, but... They wouldn't handle Windows 7 Standard or Windows 7 Enterprise if you tried. So I brought it over to my friend's house, which um, he goes by many usernames in Melomancy, though he hasn't been around in a while. Like one time he was called Cubecheat. One time he was called Eurist. 
I think his name on Discord right now is Stealth, but he hasn't been on in a while, like a few months. But I went over to his house and I showed him this new laptop and I was like, I did it. I bought one. Same model as his dad's. And I told him about Windows 7 Starter and he was like, no, we we can do better than this. <laughs> he, he put Ubuntu 9.04 on it and it was the most amazing thing ever. It had the GNOME 2 desktop, which was perfect for a netbook screen. Like, it was no bullshit. And it was fast. And I could play Linux games on it that I didn't know existed. That were, like, really simple arcade-ish games. I could emulate uh, Red Alert and Red Alert 2, which is all I really wanted to play on my netbook, aside from StarCraft. I actually got StarCraft to work from the disc. Damn. Like, original StarCraft. So, I mean... I had that's why I brought it up because I had StarCraft and I had Command and Conquer running on this little netbook, and otherwise it was just a word processor and internet machine. I need a word processing unit. I would. I hate using my phone to write shit when I'm on the go. Yeah, like a little netbook would probably do you good. Though in today's day and age, for that purpose, you'd probably want a tablet. Yeah, that, that maybe could, a tablet with work. a keyboard. Yeah, Bluetooth keyboard. Exactly. Like, those things are tiny, and you could travel and do that. I mean, you wouldn't be able to do it while you're walking, but, you know, who does that? Yeah, I can't. I Playing Pokemon Go, I can't even look at my phone when I'm walking. I'll forget. Like, I'm glad it has the fucking vibrating function on it. Or I would literally just I don't even know. Notice. I don't know how you survive on 200 megabytes of data monthly. 100. I'm on 600 oh right now for the month. They gave me a nice little thing, a little, like, free package. It's nice. I get five gigs, and I use it up every month. Well, you also are, like, on the go, like, 20 times more than I am. This is true. Like, I, I have to commute to work, and I get bored. And sometimes I look at Imager on the bus, like, oh, heaven forbid. But, yeah, no, but speaking of Windows 10 earlier, right now I got an update that just queued itself, actually. And luckily enough, I have my, my hours of operation are from uh, midnight to noon, because I'm a night owl. Um, so luckily I'm okay. It, it, it decided to warn me at the right time, and it's like, cool, well, we can't do the update right now. I'm like, yeah, you're right, you can't. But last night, I wasn't so lucky. Um, we got the, for, I know, like, none of the listeners really know this, but, um, I, I've been trying for years and years now to start up a comic. And I finally found an artist who I'm confident will stick with us. Um, we've gone through probably like four artists in the past. Um, some that are, are not not their fault, you know. They either came into like life situations or like school and whatever. But some who have just bitched out on us or said they'd help and never showed up. And victim, this is a comic that you and uh, Torm are making, yes. right? We mentioned Torm in a previous episode. He's a real life friend of yours. Uh, I'm not sure if we did, but yeah, no, yeah, Torm or Mark, as his real name is. It may have been the drunk episode. Oh, maybe. That one doesn't count. That episode doesn't count. <laughs> this is episode six, by the way. So he, me and him have been, uh, have worked on, I think this is our third, uh, third work now. I've, I've worked on a couple on my own previously. And we basically, almost for a little bit, I was like, is this guy actually going to stick with us? Um, because I think Torm had sent me a message saying that we weren't going to meet anymore. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, th- this is the start of it. But no, that next weekend we went. But anyways, this this last week, no, last Wednesday, from the time of recording, I think it's like the day after Thursday, we got together and we were working and we recorded everything on a Google Doc. As I'm doing that, his computer shuts off on me. I'm like, what the fuck's this? And then it starts doing a Windows update. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. It's going a little quick, 
Well, it was just downloading the updates. It then took the rest of like the four hours that we spent together updating. Because Windows 10 just decided it needed to update right that fucking moment. I hate that. That is unacceptable. And it's like, that, 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 his laptop's a pretty nice laptop. It, it, I don't know if I would call it like the king of laptops, but it probably cost him a couple thousand dollars. Like, plural, yes, multiple like, thousand. Well, at least 1.5. Wow. Okay, that's a more reasonable laptop price if it's going to be like a quality yeah, laptop. And, and so, it, to, so clearly it wasn't like slow on like on the computer's part it's just a fucking big update and i'm sitting there thinking like why would they do this to me or to, uh, to anybody really uh and so we had to use two cell phones to not only bring up our d- discord so that i could uh, get the map we're working with to kind of like piece together how many characters and what we want to do with the world but i also had to bring up the google doc on torm's phone so that i could go through and edit shit and it's one of the stupidest things in the world. I mean, it's good that we were able to make a workaround to, to continue working because we got a lot done, like probably more done than probably should have. We were like, I had just woken up before I went over and I was already ready to go to bed by the time I got home. So, Have you guys planned how you're going to distribute um, this comic? We're thinking that we're going to release the first bit of it somewhere. Not, not sure where. I mean, like, the method. Like, um, are you going to kind of do what I did to this podcast and, like, make up a blog on a website that have your website URL point um, to it so you don't actually see the blog site? You could do this not only with Medium. Medium is actually kind of hard to work with. Like, it's pretty, but it's, like, it's kind of a pain in the ass to set up. But, like, you could do this with Tumblr or WordPress. WordPress is kind of the golden standard of the yeah. internet. I don't know. I think we we haven't really talked about distribution so much, but... If I had to make a guess, we'd probably find a site that deals with comic distribution. I know that there's a couple. I think, I can't remember if it was Menage a Trois or if it was another one I was reading at the time. Some webcomics, basically, that um, you go to a website and they're like, oh yeah, no, we'll host your webcomic. And it's basically like uh, buying a blog, but it's for purely for image hosting. And I think it'll basically automatically do the processing of linking page to page for you. I don't know that for sure, but if we can find something like that, maybe we'll go with that. Another thing you could do is um, there's a lot of WordPress themes out there that have webcomic progression with the buttons. Like there's a couple webcomics I read that are on WordPress websites. I'm not going to name them because they're inappropriate. Well, I just named Menage a Trois. That's just... I don't know if that's appropriate. For the listeners at home, that is not a porn comic. That is a romantic comedy it, un, under, under the, involving a very uh, oblivious guy and, and two attractive it, women. It, it's it, really hilarious. I would, I would definitely say it falls into the adult tag, but it's in, in well, sexual themes. You might see, see a boobie. Oh, no. But you won't see, like, a sex scene. It isn't, like, one panel long to get the point across yeah. that it happened. For the sake of the story, like it is, it is a not a porn comic. comic. I need to get back into it. I know I'm like 500 pages behind now. I was like 600 pages in when I stopped reading. I looked and they have I like over a thousand pages. I was getting so now, far so into like, it. I was reading man. all the spinoff comics that like were intertwining into it. Like I was getting really fucking into it. Like and then like just something came up. It sucks you in and spits you out and makes you feel all oh, weird it's inside. Great. I enjoyed it more than I probably should have. That's totally gonna be the title of this episode. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, oh, that's great. 
I guess to the, to wrap up the comic, well, I don't think I should talk about any of the premise just yet since we're so in conceptual stage. We, I think, however we end up distributing it, we're probably going to release it alongside a Patreon and, and kind of get that out there right away. Yeah, I'm kind of dragging my feet on the yeah. podcast Patreon. It's going to happen, but it. The one thing yet. that I am probably the most sure of is if you're going to do anything on the internet that requires a, a an amount of time to do, you should have some way of monetizing it. Even if you do not wish to make money off of it, there is always going to be somebody that wants to give you money. And, you know, some people might think, like, well, isn't that selling out? It's like, not really. The thing is, is that people want to do it. I When I watch a Twitch streamer, sometimes I'm like, I, you know, I kind of want to give them money. It's like, I don't know why I want to do it. It just happens to be a fucking thing that comes to mind. And I can't, there was a streamer who, who said it best, and I can't remember his name right now. But he basically said that there is absolutely no way that he could not have a donate button as much as he does not want one. He does not want people to donate to him, but he knows that he needs them to. And not because he needs the money. But because it's a way of keeping his fans. It that's an odd thing to think about. It's like, oh, taking people's money is what they want. But yeah, no. It keeps the fans and it kind of cements their status as fans exactly. of this person. It's kinda of like buying DLC in a um game with a cash shop in microtransactions. It cemented your investment in the game. Like yesterday, uh, me and Destiny, we bought probably $65 worth of Guild Wars 2 gems between the two of us, two $35 purchases. And I bought nothing but account upgrades. I got my third bank slot. I, my collections are bumped to 750 Like, I needed this upgrade. Yeah, no, it's just one of those things. Yeah. So uh, would you say, uh, since you're the only one who could really know, that your comic that you're working on is further along than the Melomancy comic that died? I would say, conceptually, where me and Tret had pretty much separated ourselves in, in terms of like work, where I was definitely the writer and he was definitely the artist. Um, and so I did a lot of conceptual stage stuff with like our universe, but story-wise, we hadn't really pushed and we hadn't really come up with much plot. Although we did eventually get to that point, that plot was starting to develop, and we knew how we wanted to start it. We didn't really move past that part, uh, because he got into school and a couple of other things that happened around that time, and we just never went back to it. Um, maybe one day, if you know, after he's done school and stuff, if he wants to go back to it, I'd be down. But yes, we're definitely further past that point. Although I will say that the universe, while it's going to be more comedic in nature doesn't need to be as developed as normal like it's going to take place within a singular town for the most part if we move past that it'll be like a one-off setting change and we're, we're drawing a lot of inspiration from shows like uh gravity falls a little bit of rick and morty definitely like skit based comedy cartoons like uh, american dad or family guy and stuff like that are we still talking no, about no, the new, comic or your new, new comic, comic sorry oh okay Bye-bye. okay um the Melomancy comic uh, was more of like an original thing. I don't think we were really drawing inspiration from anything outside of, you know, us, since the characters were based on real people. But, but for, for this new comic I'm working on, despite the universe not needing to be as developed, I think we're a lot further along. I think we're really close to being able to, to start actually creating stuff to show people. We just need to basically clean up the storyboard. Well, if Uglov taught me anything, you don't need to explain shit, and it's going to be hilarious. And they'll still get it. 